What's up, players? Welcome to Ready Press Play, a weekly podcast that aims to catch you up on everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday, on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on our platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, send an email to readypressplay at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at readypressplay. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Dan Lima, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luis Menchaca. Hello, hello. I'm re- ready for hey, round Lewis, two. Hey, Luis. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very happy. And I'm so excited that uh, things are already making a splash when it comes to uh, the Twitters. I know. I'm very excited about it, too. So thank you so much to everybody that has showed support, that has uh, followed our Twitter uh, page, that people that, you know, have commented on, on some of the posts, some of the things that, that we've posted on Twitter. Thank you so much as well to the two people that have given us uh, reviews so far on iTunes and also to everybody that has rated the show, I believe. And Lewis can double check this for me, but I believe we're currently at five stars. Yes, we are. We got two five star so- reviews. It's pretty dope. I got I just I said I was going to do it last week and I'm doing it this week now. So I know I've been looking like, forward to it. <laughs> I got to I got to read these reviews in the in a sexy sultry voice, which I didn't actually see that coming. I really didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you had to know that after you said that, I would make sure like to write a review myself at least. But I didn't even need to do that because because yeah, uh, we actually got some audience to listen to. Act- so that's good. Yeah, that's All awesome. Right. Yeah, and I neither of us neither one of us knows one of the review reviewers, so that means that we got someone cool. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's go uh, with the most recent. The most recent review um, comes from uh, Jake Always Wins with a Z. He and -hmm. he wrote us a review called and it titled "Solid Podcast." All right, here we go. (laughs) I'm a sucker for a good informative gaming podcast. Oh my god! (laughs) Adding this one to my rotation. Keep it up, guys. Oh my God, I love this! <laughs> oh, you really went in for it. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I thought I said I was gonna do the sexy, sultry voice. All right. Oh so, man, this uh, is already another... my favorite segment <laughs> of the podcast. We're, we gotta, All you right. know, guys, you gotta keep sending in reviews. You gotta keep doing that. And you gotta basically write the reviews in the sexy, sultry voice, so that way it can make it even better. I know. <laughs> oh All man, right. wouldn't it be great if people like write reviews thinking, like knowing that you're gonna do that, so they're like, you know, trying to get you. <laughs> All right, here we go. So Gabby writes, so good. (laughs) I love listening to them. Keep up the good work, guys. (laughs) Claps hands. Oh, this is great. This is great. I'm so excited. I'm going to need to go and write something now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do this once a week, guys. All right. All right. All right. right. That's the reviews right there. So, yeah, I'm I'm very happy. Like, I, I updated my Twitter bio. I had uh, actually been tweeting at people. I've been getting at. So, you know, I, hey, I know. keep up you the good work. You have barely used your Twitter in the last, like, <laughs> I don't know, like five years or something. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm actually, you're stepping up. I'm making uh, some waves and stepping up my social media game. Maybe I'll have uh, half as many followers as you, Dan. Oh, yeah, we'll see about that. Well, most of my followers, <laughs> like, it, it's funny because there, there was actually a time where I was intentionally, like, kind of trying to, you know, be active on Twitter and build, like, a little bit of a following and stuff. But I only did that for, like, a short period of time, a long time ago. And then I just, you know, let it go. Uh, but it, my I have a lot of, uh, I guess, like, ghost followers. Like, I yeah, have a lot too. of, like, followers that don't really, you know, do anything. And then, I have, and like, then I, 50% of my followers are, like, bot accounts where, like, they're, like, 
you know, somebody who wrote a book and it's their Twitter account, you know, so it's like I have a, <laughs> a lot of those. I know. Anyway, so uh, into uh, into some uh, quick uh, housekeeping. Uh, we are now officially posted and updating and I was going good on Google Play, uh, iTunes and Spotify. So thankfully, we're able to hit up all these places running. And I think we actually I actually think we had our, our podcast uh, go through as scheduled yeah. uh, last Friday, which is which was great. Uh, it took a little bit for it to start showing up on search engines, but at this point, it should be showing up pretty reliably. Uh, so if you search Ready Press Play uh, on any of these places, you should be able to find it pretty easily, I think. Uh, might not be the first result, but if it's not, it'll be the second or it'll be one of the first uh, couple. Uh, thankfully, the name is, is unique enough to where, you know, there's not a lot of other things that, that have the name. Uh, or really anything, actually, as far as I could tell. Yeah. Now, cool. I, I threw in a poll in the Ready Press Play uh, uh, Twitter page asking, how do you listen to your podcast? And the options are iTunes slash Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and other. Uh, I put the first two together just because you can only have four uh, options, and I didn't care as much. I, I, I did that mostly because I was curious uh, whether there was uh, an imperative for us to put this on YouTube. Uh, granted, we're not doing video. Uh, this is an audio-only show, but I know that some podcasts get put on YouTube with just like a static image, and then there's just audio, which I don't like consuming podcasts that way. I I never do that. Um, but considering we got uh 21% people responded YouTube to that poll, uh, I'm kind of considering that maybe it's something that we might want to do. So, uh, if you have something to say about that, and you go and uh, reply to that on a or you know, vote on that poll on uh, on Twitter. Uh, we have a small sample size right now because you know we're just yeah. Kind of I'm pretty to... sure I skewed the results. I put I put YouTube on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of the votes. <laughs> <laughs> so you were one of the, I guess, yeah. uh, three or so votes that we got there. Um, yeah. But anyway, so go go and vote if you're listening to us, and or or just write in. Actually, if you have an interest for us to put it on on YouTube, uh, please write in to me at the Don Lima on Twitter or write into Ready Press Play. And because uh, I'm interested, I'm interested to see whether uh, that's something that people would actually want us to do. Cool. cool. I think that's about it, and we can get started. Are you ready for some news, Louis? All right. It's time for us to get ready and press play. All right. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that was your cool. segue in your last doc that you didn't use, by the way. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> you great. did say I... that. It was part of your see, intro I... that you wrote in, and you didn't use it. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I actually think I thought you know, like like I put it in, but then I was like, oh, it, like it, it sounds cool, but then at the same time, like it's cheesy. It's a little cheesy. It, it's yeah. cheesy, but 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 I'm I honestly kind of forgot about it, so I'm glad that you brought it back. I just want to I just want to throw out there that this is like my first time. I've done I've hosted a podcast, you know, and all that stuff, but this is my first time having a podcast with a structure and a and a and a run of show. I don't. I don't ever do these. I just kind of like wing it by, you know, but let's go. Let's do it. I know, I know but, you know, we, we got to stick to the topic, and we're now yeah. probably like seven minutes in or so, and we have not really started. The, <laughs> yeah. The top. That's usually how gaming podcasts go, uh, guys, so you, you, you're probably used to that. Let's start. All right, top story. So, uh, first, first story comes our way from uh, the website PSU. This story says, PS5 DualShock 5 takes voice commands via built-in mic, says Sony Patent. This is from Michael Herdens on January 17, 2020. A new patent filed by Sony Interactive Entertainment has indicated that the PS5 DualShock 5 controller will be able to support voice commands via built-in microphone. 
According to the patent filing, the technology affords the ability to control devices mounted on and connected to the DualShock 5 while concurrently limiting unwanted operations. This suggests that the pad is able to take voice commands to access various features for the controller and PS5. This likely links back to the PlayStation Assist feature that was revealed last year via patent, although at the time it wasn't known if it would make its way to the PS5 or not. It now seems even more likely that this feature will be integrated into Sony's next-generation console, possibly via the DualShock 5's microphone. In related news, the DualShock 5 is very likely to be compatible with the PlayStation 4, according to Sony's official PlayStation France website. Cool. So, yeah. uh, so what do you think about this? Is this a feature that you would uh, that you would like to use? I um I don't even use it on the PS4, but granted the PS4 is basic. You know, like when you press like L2 mm -hmm. on the on the main menu, and you uh, get the little voice commands like start this game. I never used it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've even tried it. I I, I was barely even aware that. Uh, I mean, I I I've heard of it, but I I I'm not even that aware of what you can do with it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like, I have a PlayStation camera uh, with the PS4. Uh, I do, And too. so that's where, like, the the voice, that's the only mic it has, you know, and it's such a faraway mic because of my living room setup. But I think it'd be interesting to have it on the on the actual DualShock itself, you know. Um, if, they're, if, if somehow Sony just goes balls to the wall when it comes to, like, their technology, which I don't know if they're on that Microsoft level yet where they can have, like, a Cortana or, like, an Apple has a Siri. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Amazon has Alexa. You know, I don't know if, you know, if, Basically, what from what I gathered from this news story, it sounds like Sony wants to make a uh, um, an actual virtual assistant be able to be able to listen to you at all times and be able to take your commands. Um, and that's why they put go to the trouble of putting it the mic on the actual controller itself, so that every system, no matter what, doesn't need an add-on like mm -hmm. with a headset or with the camera kind of thing. And you know what's interesting? This actually reminds me of when the Xbox One initially came out with the Kinect coming on every box. And I'm pretty sure that that was one of their big selling points that you could, you know, like Xbox go home or whatever. Yeah. You could talk to your Xbox and there was all these features that were supported. And, uh, you know, people, I feel like people, there were many other reasons why people didn't like the release of the, I mean, the launch of the Xbox One. But I, I feel like people kind of ridiculed that feature as well a little bit then. Well, I mean, like 2013 was a different time. Like, I think now we're we're living in an age where it's like we're okay with Big Brother now, whereas back then there was <laughs> concerns with like you ever there's a camera watching me, listening to me all the time. And versus now, yeah. it's kind of like a second nature where you have our phones, it's got our cameras, and it's got the mics. And they're I, pretty I feel much like there's still concerns, but people had just kind of accepted it because you know. a fact of life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be successful this go around. You know, I mean, you know, just yeah. throw on a mic, I guess. It is interesting to think though how. Uh, in many ways, Xbox and Microsoft were almost like kind of like ahead of the game. Um, and it, I mean, they obviously they didn't do everything right, but but they had these uh, ideas that sounded like crazy. And, and I know that that I don't want to make it seem like that was the big criticism on the Xbox One. That was just like a small factor that I don't, I don't even think got that much attention. But a lot of the things that people, um, you know, are really upset that the Xbox One is trying to do then. I feel like nowadays they'll probably be more easily accepted. You yeah. know, things like an always online console. Yeah, DRM like uh, like with a game, uh, everything's now like rented, like uh, Game Pass Ultimate kind of thing. Or yeah, I mean, uh, I think people were just it was too much, too fast kind of thing. Like PC was always at the head of with the forefront. You know, everything happened on PC, everything went digital, and then it slowly trickled down a console. So yeah. All right, now on to our next story. This is from Engadget, uh, Igor Bonifacet. Sorry, I 
It's going to be a tradition. I'm going to butcher everybody's name on this. <laughs> Igor. Igor. Uh, Igor B. Let's call, uh, let's call, let's call him Igor B. Igor yeah. B. <laughs> yeah. uh, Project Mera is Ninja Theory's new psychological horror game. Microsoft's Ninja Theory is developing an experimental new game called Project Mera that it says will explore new ways of storytelling through a grounded representation of mental terror. We don't know when you'll be able to play Project Merit, but the title will share at least two similarities with the studio's 2017 breakout, Hellblade Sanua's Sacrifice. First, Ninja Theory says a small team is developing Project Merit. Second, the game will feature mental illness as a significant aspect of its design, with the studio planning to incorporate real-lived experience, accounts, and in-depth research throughout the development process. The developer shared a short teaser that shows a few seconds of gameplay footage. Towards the end of the 42-second clip, we see an extreme close of a female character, presumably the eponymous Mara. As the camera pans to her side, we catch a glimpse of what seems like another character. In its other shots, the teaser is most reminiscent of the action and atmosphere of PT. In fact, it seems Project Mara will use the same minimalist approach as Hideo Kojima's short-lived masterpiece. In a developer diary, Tami Antoniadis, the studio co-founder, said Project Mara will feature one character in one location. With this game, they're now officially working on four separate projects. In addition to a sequel to Senua's Sacrifice, it's developing a 4v14 based melee combat game called Bleeding Edge, which I think is actually coming out soon. Uh, last year, it also announced Project Insight, an initiative the studio says aims to help gamers recognize and control their anxieties. So, did you see this, Lewis? Are you excited about this game at all? Yeah, I saw this. It was actually pretty uh, interesting. It looked very trippy. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, it was a lot of close ups and just a lot of quick shots. Um, I didn't just looking at just the, the the clip alone without reading this news article. Like, there's like you get no context for what you're seeing other than just like cool images, you know. Right. Um, but I think that's a little. It's a little. It feels a bit much uh, from coming from uh, a Ninja Theory because like they're basically taking on four games at once and it's like like yeah. like even Naughty Dog even that their best they only did two projects at a time. You know, it's kind of crazy that they're. They're splitting themselves so thin. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare sometimes because it depends a lot on what projects a studio is working on, right? Like, so like if you think of a, like there there are great games out there that were made by like fifteen people. So if you can have a studio of sixty split between four projects of fifteen people, I guess you know. And I'm not I'm not saying that that's the size of Ninja Theory, but I actually don't know exactly what their size is. I know they're not very big. Um, so it depends. I guess it depends a lot on the the scope of the project. But I am a little surprised too because there it doesn't look like they're doing. A, they're making like small. Like if anything, this is kind of a small. It seems like it could be a smaller scale project. But uh, I'm sure. I think Hellblade Two. That's their uh, big is, one. There's their golden goose. I think it's gonna be a big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first Hellblade. It's a very special, um, very cool game. It was it was short, like it, it was like it looked like a triple A quality game. It just happened to be like a shorter one, um, but I'm sure they're gonna go a little bigger, uh, at least a little bigger with Hellblade Two. And now they're about to put out this other game. Um, yeah, they got that Microsoft so, money now. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? So, uh, I mean, they're they're a good studio and they're growing, and I'm really excited to where they're gonna go next. I just hope they don't spread themselves too thin, but I think what they're trying to do is pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm actually uh, I kind of like the idea that they're taking on like mental illness or you know like that kind of uh, sin was sacrifice kind of flavor. I think there's not a lot of games that do that and cover that. So they mm -hmm. pretty much uh, it's kind of like a like a like a blue ocean strategy for people that want to play these kind of involved games or you know you know win. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it for called? For sure win an award for that what's it what's it called the, the game awards where they're like uh games for impact kind of thing yeah yeah exactly yeah. 
no like i think games that. like that are great i uh another game that was actually like kind of like approached some of those subjects really well was celeste yes um, yes absolutely i i played the hell out of that game it was uh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people can relate to that one mm-hmm. i actually my brother went on a trip on a on a on a uh, a trip similar to celeste where like he walked like this yeah. path in utah like it was a like a mountain climb kind of thing it was mm-hmm. crazy it was like it basically he lived celeste <laughs> that sounds like a good uh topic for a special episode or something featuring uh your brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right cool anyway cool Let's so to the next next story uh this comes from uh Eurogamer uh, report as reported by matt wales Valve says Half-Life Alex is done, so you probably don't need to worry about the lace, which I thought it was kind of like a funny thing to cover because it's basically them saying, hey, nothing's everything's got to go as planned. Yeah, nothing's changed. <laughs> All right. to see here. Move on, folks. So when Valve officially unveiled Half-Life Alex last year, there was perhaps a little skepticism that the game would manage to meet its projected March 2020 release date. Perfectly understandable, given the preceding 12-year wait between series installments. However, Valve now says it's confident that Alex will launch on time. The reassuring tidbit of information comes courtesy of a new AMA on Reddit, on which Valve's Robin Walker, J- Jamal Bradley, David Face, Greg Coomer, Corey Peters, Eric Wopalal, Tristan Wrightford, Chris Remo, Jake Rodkin, and Casey Atchison Boyle all answered community questions on the game. When I started reading those names, I didn't realize there were going to be 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> It was not, in truth, the most revelatory of back and forth. Anything resembling juicy information remained firmly under wraps, but the team was generally willing and able to respond to broader questions surrounding Alex's development. Um, Alex is all but complete, is what they said, with the exception of some tweaks to the absolute final scene. Valve explained the game is done. A lot of us at Valve, as well as playtesters, have played through the entire game multiple times. And yeah, I like how the so, poster like was talking about like valve time and kicking in. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I just think that it's very interesting that they. I feel like Valve kind of did it right. I mean, grant, granted, they don't really develop games as much, and they're, everything's in secret. But I think that mm-hmm. what's really interesting is like I feel it feels like even when I saw the trailer, it felt like the game was damn near complete, and so they were they were ready to launch, you know, kind of thing. I mean, maybe they weren't, but. I definitely got that feeling that they were not showing their hand until you're pretty much close to release. And I think that's the best way to do it when it comes to these games. Like, don't announce a game when it's two years out. It's like, okay, game is, all right, here's this badass trailer. Now just, like, start hyping yourself up, but we'll see you in 2022. You know, like, that's not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. Do you think this has the potential of being, like, a killer app for VR? I doubt it. I have have a PSVR myself, and that's my only VR Mm -hmm. that I have, and. It's just, uh, it's too much of a hassle to like set up and like even, you know, even yeah. on a console, like just, it's very user friendly, but it's just, it's just a chore. And it's like, you have to like go mm. out of your way. Like if you want to just relax and just game, you kind of want to just be on a couch and just kind of like chill. And VR is like a whole rig that you got to set up. And I don't think, I don't know if, unless there's like a situation where like the headsets are just like, it's super easy, it's completely wireless and it's just like, it's all like native to one the headset, which I'm grant- granted they'll, those things exist, but they're hella expensive. I don't think, unless you're hitting that PS uh, VR price point and that convenience that those higher ends do, I'm not sure that VR will have that killer app that just makes everyone want to come and play it like immediately. Like yeah. you need to play this now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's gonna be kind of like a slow burn, and and maybe it's gonna peak at like kind of as like kind of like a luxury item as opposed to being something that's in everybody's home. 
I, I, I think I always sort of felt that way about VR. I used to be a little bit more excited about it back when, uh, before everything actually started coming out. I mean, but like at two, this point, two, three years ago, the uh, it was exciting because it was like, oh, look at this phone. Your phone can be a VR. Look at Google Cardboard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was exciting for like a minute. <laughs> um, cool. All right, yeah. so mo- let's move on to the next one. All right. Uh, this comes from GamesIndustry.biz. From Rebecca Valentine, Grand Theft Auto V was the best-selling game of the decade in the U.S., joining in the top, joining it in the top ten. Seven Call of Duties, Red Dead Redemption Two, and Minecraft. So I'm not gonna even read this full story uh, because it's mostly just this. You know, this data was uh, recently released by the NPD, um, which they often, you know, every month they release like the best-selling games of the month and so forth. Um, and then they did this. Uh, the total stats for the decade. So I'm going to go through the list. Star Wars Battlefront in 20th place. So I managed to crack the, the, the top 20. I mean, that was like, that was, uh, that was very interesting that it was, it, com- it capitalized on the zeitgeist with uh, episode seven and like every all eyes were on Star Wars. So yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm it's nice to see that it made a splash. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have as much of a microtransaction fiasco as the second one did. Yeah. Cool. So uh, number 19, Breath of the Wild. Game of the generation. <laughs> number 18, Destiny. Uh, number 17, Battlefield 4. Number 16, Battlefield 1. Number 15, Call of Duty Infinity, Infinite Warfare. Number 14, Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Number 13, um, Skyrim. Go ahead. Mario Kart 8's impressive. Uh, well, that and Zelda too, but also but like it's impressive because it's an exclusive to the Wii U slash the Switch. Like, I don't know if That's that, right. I don't know if Mario Kart 8 includes uh, 8 Deluxe in there or if it's just wii u which i'm i'm assuming it's i'm assuming it must it must include eight deluxe right even though it was it it did get a lot of sales on the wii u uh anyway so so i guess it would be possible um but yeah cool uh it must it must include deluxe i think uh elder scrolls 5 skyrim which in number 13 which i guess obviously made the list uh because not only it's a really big game it's also available on every platform imaginable and it will continue to be switch Yeah. yeah um Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 in 12th place. 11, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Number 10, Minecraft. Number 9, Black Ops 3. Number 8, Call of Duty World War 2. Number 7, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 6, and now we got five Call of Duty games in a row, so I'm just going to go Ghost, Black Ops 3, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 2. The first Black Ops in second place, and number 1 is Grand Theft Auto 5. A See, killer off a game. This is the reason why Rock, uh, Rockstar doesn't make any more games, because they can just put two games out in a whole decade and then make I all know. the money. Actually, yeah, those are the two games that they put out this decade, 2013 and uh, 2018, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And well, it, yeah. it also makes you understand why there's a new Call of Duty every year. So yeah. I mean, can't blame them. <laughs> I think, I feel like, uh, like I, I don't know where I heard this, but I feel like whenever Netflix uh, started making their own content and like one of their biggest killer like projects that they did was House of Cards. And like that mm-hmm. was the thing that gained all the ground and stuff. And like I, I feel like I don't. I feel like I heard it somewhere, and I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe I'm just like, like remembering a fake memory. But it felt. I, I remember there was a situation where uh, House of Cards was like this show that was designed with like algorithms and like let's do what people w- we know is going to work and what's what's going to like interesting. Inter- what's going to interest people? What's going to make people want to tune in? And so like they made this show by committee kind of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could be making that up, but I feel like when I see this list, this list kind of just screams like designed by algorithms. <laughs> 
I see what you mean. Well, it's 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 a little bit of that, you know. It's like giving the you know the, a lot of those are games that I mean I'd say probably all of those are games that appeal to a broad audience, right? And yeah. it's really about giving that audience and what those they want, fans yeah. what they want, yeah. right? So, um, it I do wish it is to me it is a little sad that we don't get to see a little bit more variety on those lists. I think it would be cool if the the top selling list of the decade reflected a little bit more the variety of different types of games that we got right. this decade. You know, yeah. Uh, like I'm surprised. To... I'm surprised Last of Us didn't make it on there. I mean, granted, I know it was exclusive, but you know, I feel yeah. like that was one of those games that people talk about. You know, that. Just... Yeah. No, you're right. But as you can see, I don't think there's like other than uh, other like than Breath Nintendo. Other than Nintendo, yeah. yeah there's no exclusives. Yeah, because it's really it's really hard to uh, even if you're uh, even if you're a really big hit in uh, in the platform that you that you came out on, it's it's really hard to crack a list like this with massive games that are selling across every platform, especially so many games that sold like cross platform across uh, generation. Yeah, I mean, double so you look at yeah. yeah, so you look at something like GTA Five, where I'm, I assure you, a lot of people bought this game twice. And a lot of people have bought Skyrim multiple times too, and same for Minecraft. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, yeah. here's the list. You know, it's it's not that exciting, but congratulations to all the people that worked on. Uh, these congratulations games to Activision. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like three companies here. <laughs> the yeah, just um, a little homo- uh, homogeneity. You know, it's it's cool. I yeah. guess that's just uh, the 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 times we live in. Um, yeah. People on mass buy big stuff with big marketing. Yeah, people buy what they buy, right? Yeah. Cool. Cool. On to the next news story. This is from GameSpot, Jeremy Winslow. Resogun Matterfall uh, developer... Sorry. Resogun and Matterfall developer Housemark teases his next project. Ooh. The Finnish studio Housemark, perhaps best known for the PS4 launch exclusive Resogun, has announced that it is shifting its focus towards a brand new title. This means all current projects, including the in-development Battle Royale's Storm Divers, will be placed on hold while the studio works on its most ambitious and biggest game to date. Housemark CEO Ilari Kuitinen penned a blog post sharing the announcement, where he also confirmed that this unnamed project is being supported by an equally unnamed partner. In the post in which he celebrated Housemark's 25th anniversary, Kuitinen said more will be revealed about this game soon. Open quote. Our team of almost 80 people is comprised of talented, smart, and hardworking individuals from all around the world, and it has been invigorating and inspiring to see how this game concept has turned into reality as more and more ideas have formed the basis of a truly incredible product, Quitman said. Despite not knowing if we would even get past the initial stages of pre-production, we have now spent almost three years working on this game, and now we are in full-scale production and super excited to review more in the coming months. So, are you a are you a Housemark fan? Have you played any of their uh, previous games, Lewis? I played Resogun. It was like one of the first mm-hmm. games that they gave out for free on the PS4, and mm-hmm. I really loved that game. And it was very, it was like Galaga on crack. Um, <laughs> and if they can make more of like those very good like addicting titles, I'm I'm for it. Mm-hmm. I uh yeah I I definitely really like Resogun. I didn't go too crazy with it, you know. I, I played it for a certain amount, but I, I I do really enjoy these uh these types of games, and it'd be really cool to see them make more of it. The interesting thing though is that I do wonder what they're doing now because they they were making a lot of games in kind of that like arcadey, um like leaderboard driven style of gameplay, and then they started working on a um like a battle royale and. Um, they said it even mentions here in the article 
I'm going to read this uh, extra paragraph. Much remains unknown about this newly confirmed game, but it's safe to assume it won't be an arcade shooter as the studio has opted to move away from the genre in 2017, citing lackluster sales in a changing industry. And I remember this story because I was kind of disappointed by it that uh, I don't remember who it was, but one of the uh, big people in the studio was saying, you know, they 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 were going to have to change strategies because the, the, the types of games that they were making were not really um, selling as much anymore. Um, no, that's so we'll see. I don't, I yeah, don't remember we'll that see what story they do. happening. But uh, yeah. maybe I mean hell, uh, if 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 talent trans uh, you know translates to another genre, then by all means, maybe they can put a spin on something new. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. All right, and now uh, for another quick story. So some of the stuff was actually breaking last week, but we ended up not being able to. Uh, to, to cover it in the show because of the amount of stuff that was going on. Um, but there's some information coming out for the Nintendo theme park uh, that is going to be opening. Or I shouldn't say the Nintendo theme park. I think it's like a section of, of Universal a Universal theme yeah. park. Yeah. They're opening it in uh, Japan, uh, I believe, this year. And then this news comes from my Nintendo news. Super Nintendo World coming to Universal Orlando's new theme park, Epic Universe. Confirmation has come this afternoon that those of you in Florida will also be getting a Super Nintendo World attraction to visit and to indulge yourself in the world of Nintendo. The Super Nintendo World attraction will be coming to the new theme park, which is titled Epic Universe, which resides at Universal Orlando. You'll be able to visit Super Nintendo World sometime during 2023. So we're still three years away. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been following anything about uh, about the this theme park? Absolutely. I remember when like, Miyamoto first announced it, their partnership with Universal... And then, like the leaks yeah. of like the the layout, the document, like basically like the the little architecture, like design, the little models that they created. Um, I remember just being very hyped and excited for it. And I saw the trailer, and I'm like, I'm even more hyped. You know, it's too bad when it's you in say Japan. you saw the yeah yeah. When you say you saw the trailer, is it the the music video? Yeah, the music video that they put out. Yeah. So I wanted to mention this as something that like people uh, listening at home should probably go and check out on their uh, on, you know on YouTube when when they have a chance if you're interested in this at all. But they they decided to kind of unveil and reveal this uh uh this park or this uh I shouldn't what do I call it like this section of a park uh to to the world through a music video with uh with a song by um. What's her name? Charlie XCX. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is like a, a pop uh, singer. Um, and I, 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 is she American? I don't know. <laughs> I, was about to say an American I just know singer, her. I, I just know. know her from the song from uh, of the Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, she, she's done a couple song, a couple like uh, she's had a couple big hits, but it, it's just kind of like a very unusual and weird way to announce something like this, in my opinion. Uh, at least very they, Nintendo, uh, nonetheless. At least they licensed the Super Mario World music to her music video, so that's cool. That's true, that's true. So it's it, it's it, kind of neat. I, I, I wish we had seen a little bit more of, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I feel like the, the video doesn't really give you much uh, info about what it's actually going to be like. I mean, it's, uh, it, it just, it just kind of like spurs the imagination. It gives you a lot of hype. Uh, we know there's mm-hmm. going to be a watch that they're going to use to like do stuff with. Uh, so kind of like, uh, I think they do that on like Disney where you have like this watch that you can scan stuff. And yeah, it's like a wristband. A wristband, right? yeah. Um, yeah. And then also the one thing that I know for a fact that they were mentioning is that whenever the, the attraction does open in Japan, it's only going to have two attractions, which was one is Mario Kart and the other one was, 
damn, I can't remember the other one. But then the third one was going to be Donkey Kong that wasn't going to be ready until later on. It was going to open. Mm-hmm. But basically, you're going to have this whole section of the park where people are going to be going specific- specifically to, but there's only two attractions. So it's going to be hella packed. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be crazy. Like how do you manage yeah. a crowd and like lines and stuff like that? So Yeah. Oh, hopefully at that point they'll maybe they'll figure out something with a wristband where you know you can have uh, maybe a place in a queue an appointment or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, I feel I feel like they might do something like that. Where I I can't wait. Nintendo Nintendo is not going to want lines. people. Nintendo is not going to want people to leave there with a salty experience. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So and 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 they do uh, they sometimes do things like that at E three too, um, where you can like where you can reserve. Like months in advance, if you if you find the right link on the right like ten minutes window, you know, like you can uh, wow. get like a, a reserved time to like go uh, play their game or like a ticket or something and, and not have to stand in line for three hours. But or you can just show up and stand in line for three hours. But cool. Uh, now talk about Nintendo. This comes from Games Radar uh, from Alex Avard, a Games Radar. Uh, rumor: New Paper Mario Metro games are coming to Nintendo Switch this year. The Nintendo Switch will get both a new Paper Mario and a 2D Metroid game in 2020, according to fresh rumors from prolific industry leader Sabi, or sorry, from prolific industry leaker Sabi. Teasing the news on Twitter, Sabi said the Paper Mario will be going back to how it was in 2020, suggesting a return to the franchise roots for the Plumber's Role-Playing spin-off series following 2015's Mario & Luigi Paper Jam on Nintendo 3DS. Additionally, the leaker claimed that a new 2D Metroid game, not to be confused with Metroid Prime 4, is also in the works for a release later this year, and does in fact seem to be related to Fusion, the Game Boy Advance title in the acclaimed sci-fi series from 2002. When pressed, Sabi stated their sources have suggested this project is a sequel to that game. So, these are just rumors, and yep. originally I had said that uh, I was going to try to uh, stay, away you know, rumors, or, yeah. stay away from rumors in our discussions outside, because, you know, I don't want to be reporting stuff that then, like, couple days later it turns out to just be fake um but you know i think it's kind of fun to speculate as well especially because like there's such a hunger for these two things like people paper mario hasn't died it never went away but paper mario did die and went away so this art (laughs) well but here's the thing this article is uh this article is referencing uh mario and luigi paper jam on the 3ds that's not the last one yeah, that's, that's not the last one. Yeah, the Wii because the Wii U doesn't exist, Dan. You have to. <laughs> I know. You have right? to remember People that. People just forget. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, but man, as, far the, as, like, as far as like as far as as far as Paper Mario goes, I mean, like people, I think there's like the the Paper Mario fan base. They want a sequel to A Thousand Year Door, and I think that's what the, this rumor is. You know, giving mm-hmm. that wish fulfillment. It's like, oh, it's gonna go back to the series roots. It's either gonna be a true successor successor to. Uh, thousand year door or maybe hell I, people would even like take a remake like uh mm-hmm. imagine a thousand year door but looking like the wii u like the graphics of the wii u like, right just, right mm, i'm ready like my body <laughs> my body is ready right now so <laughs> um, i uh i i am sp- especially excited for the 2d metroid actually if that was were to happen i think i think it would be a cool thing for them to release as people are hungry for uh hungry for metroid prime 4 they could do like uh maybe at a e3 or something or some direct like give us like a little tease for metroid prime 4 i assume that game is still a little bit far off but then be like hey in the meantime you're getting you know a new 2d metroid game this fall well, even yeah. even if they just ported the uh, Sam, Samus Returns from the uh, yeah. 3DS, I was gonna say I, I, that I, was, I was really good. I was hoping that I'm 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 not I don't know anything about the numbers, but I I I want to say Samus Returns was successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it was, I, then I feel like it yeah. Must have, yeah. Yeah. So then if it was, then that means they have no reason to either a you're gonna make 
when uh, when it says related to fusion, either A, this is a fusion remake, or B, mm -hmm. the thing we've always wanted, a fusion sequel. Mm -hmm. That would be dope. Yeah, so uh, we'll wait and see, and we'll uh, keep uh, give you guys updates on that as uh, new news break about it, if uh, there are any news. Yeah. Now, uh, just to round out our new section, uh, just uh, two more delays, continuing our Delay Watch 2020. Uh, last week, we had a bunch of uh, delays happening, and then since then, uh, Dying Light 2 got delayed. Uh, developer TechClan has announced that it has delayed the launch of Dying Light 2. The zombie survival game was originally due to release spring 2020, and TechClan has offered no indication as to when it now plans to release the game. Uh, this is a report from IGN by Matt Perslow. And then also from IGN, also from Matt Perzel, Iron Man VR, the virtual reality Marvel game that's exclusive to Sony's PSVR platform, has been delayed until May 15, 2020. It was originally going to come out next month on February 28th, but it has now been delayed to May. So yeah, not much to say about that uh, there. Um, I have not really been keeping much of an eye on uh, uh, these two games, but if you were... Just know that you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for them. It's interesting that Dying Light 2 doesn't even have a date now. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we're just going to work on it. And we'll let you <laughs> know, know whenever we're, we're ready to, you know. We'll yeah, keep you, we'll it's, it's kind of like what happened. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of like what happened with the the Ubisoft games that uh that all got delayed too, uh, like a, a last skull, year. Skull and Bone or something like that, or what is that? Uh, yeah. No, there's uh, Gods and Monsters oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Watch Dogs. I'm pretty sure, I think they all got delayed with no date. yeah. I mean, like with I and also with Iron Man VR. I mean, like I completely forgot that the game was even coming out again. Like uh, mm -hmm. I remember the release. I remember like I feel like when I saw that trailer, if it, it felt like that game should have dropped within a week of that trailer dropping because I honestly forgot that game even existed after that trailer uh, launched. Yeah, you know what? That's like a perfect game for like a uh, like a state of play and then stealth just release. Being like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like hey, like it's available right now or like tonight or something like that. So. Like for me, like Iron Man VR kind of gave me that like Spider Man VR whenever Homecoming came out. Like I felt like that's mm -hmm. that was like the thing that it kind of like you know uh, it skewed that way for me in my my head that it felt like it should have been like a small little like I don't know if I'm guessing they're trying to make it into a full on like campaign, but I thought it was gonna be like some kind of like twenty thirty minute little demo kind of thing. It's kind of a little bit of an interesting timing to release an Iron Man game too. Like it's, I mean, it's probably not connected to the movies in any way, but just in the sense of, uh, you know what, we shouldn't spoil any movies. But <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like there's any new Iron Man movies slated to come out. Yeah, you know, let's uh, let's go with that anytime soon. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, now uh, that's it for the news. Let's get into some uh, look into uh, releases, uh, things that uh, came out since last week, things that are coming out soon. Uh, do you want to walk us through uh, some uh, some stuff that you uh, think is noteworthy, uh, Lewis? Okay, so we got some top release games coming out for January 19th through the 25th. Most of these stuff I didn't even know were coming out, but let's see. <laughs> um, I know that there's a Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts 3 expansion coming out called Remind. Apparently people are hyped for that. Um, it comes in on the PS4 um, today, actually, so whenever this posts. And let's see here. We have um, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath HD coming, uh, a port coming to the Switch. Uh, I know I have that game. I think that was a free game on the PS4 at some point. And mm. let's see. I'm looking at the, the rest of the slate here. I will it say. It sounds like there's a. Yeah. Sounds like there was a Shamu 3 DLC pack uh, that just uh, our DLC 
something that just released a couple days ago on January 21st. Hmm. Um, so, which by the way, Shenmue 3, what a game that just uh, came and went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like with, with no splash whatsoever. The Sims 4 never dies. I think we mentioned that last week. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as uh, what I what's not on this list though, and I, I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, I don't, th- I think I even told you this on a text message, but I'm going to give a shout out to a DLC drop. Uh, this coming Tuesday, January 28th, the Joker jo- joins Mortal Kombat 11. So oh, yeah. he's going to be uh, free, or not free, um, he's going to be exclusive to the people that bought the season pass, which I'm one of them. Um, I'll probably come back next Friday with uh, with my impressions on Joker. Um, mm-hmm. So Joker drops, and... Um, he think I think a week later on like on the first or the fourth or one of them, then he'll be available for purchase for the non-season pass holders. Also on January twenty eighth, uh, Byleth drops on Smash Ultimate, and we'll I'll definitely have impressions as well. All right, looking forward to that. Uh, now for uh, or deals of the week. There's a lot of deals happening. It's it's a very good time to be a cheap gamer nowadays because it's like I feel like every week there's like a lot of. Uh, uh, sales and stuff like uh, happening everywhere, and with Game Pass and everything else, there's you, you got a lot of options to uh, to be a, a cheap gamer. Um, so, for instance, one thing is uh, Xbox uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate deal gets you three months for free. Microsoft has kicked off a, a new week in style by bringing back its extremely popular Xbox Game Pass Ultimate deal that gives you three months free when you buy a three month subscription. So if you're interested in Xbox Game Pass, you can get that. Uh, which, by the way, that news was just read from by uh, James uh, James Picard. Um, let's see what else. There's a huge uh, sale on Steam right now with a lot of games um, with a lot of games uh, available. So you can go check that out. Big sales on the PSN as well. Um, I don't know if you're looking through the through the links as well. Feel free to shout out anything that. Uh, that you think deserves uh, so the Steam some the Steam Lunar Sale up. has fifteen hundred PC games. That's insane. Uh, I know they're Steam. They Steam. They got it like that. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, Epic Games Store. I know nobody likes it because it's like the bane of so many people's existence with all the Epic Game Store exclusive. But oh man, it's so <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'll put it to you this way. I have not bought a single game on my Epic Game Store uh, at all. Like at all. But my Epic Games like library is bigger than my Steam library because how many free games are giving out? It's ridiculous. I know. I- I have so many free games from there too. I just go in and I pick up the free games too. And, and I am I'm upset that I didn't even know about the twelve days of Christmas that that's that Epic mm-hmm. Games did. And I completely I would have loved to have gotten Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, but that's that's uh, neither here nor there. This week, uh, starting today, the Bridge is available right now to uh, download for free. It's a black and white game. It looks very artistic. Um, and next week, Farming Simulator 19. So there we go. And yeah, there's a there's a free game every week. Not all of them are gonna be for you, but you know what? Like that's it's uh four games a month and like over fifty games a year, and at oh sorry over a hundred games a year. So you, I I can't do math today. <laughs> no, it's over fifty, but like also not not only is it over fifty, but then also they throw in like bonuses some weeks like whenever yeah. like one week where they gave out every batman game that was like four games and it was I all know. in one week and i'm like that was that was they're great. completely random when we have how big they go in any in any given week those games are great too 
uh for ps plus this month just a quick shout out you can go and, and grab the the full nathan drake collection as well as goat simulator so i never played goat simulator but the, the <laughs> uncharted collection is great shout out yeah shout out to uncharted um i definitely it was one of those situations where like you would yeah you would want to play through all three games in sequential order uh uncharted one is going to be like uncharted one is not a bad game but when you play uncharted 2 in hindsight it becomes a bad game i know I ended up playing Uncharted 1 later because uh, I didn't, I, like, it wasn't on my radar when it came out. And then I played, like, 2 and 3, and then I went back to play 1. And it's, like, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, not, yeah. not that the game is hard, but it's hard to go back because it, it's definitely not up there. It was very much, like, a time and place, and I don't think it holds up very well. But um, but if you play you the just game, go through yeah. them all. But if you play the game, like, with no expectations, and you, that's your first experience, and that's great. And it's, like, and it's it really sets the table for the next ones. I think I think mm-hmm. that's the best way of playing it. Um, Uncharted Two was definitely one of my favorite games um, out of the three. Like it's definitely it's two, three, then one. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, let's see. And also, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the fighting game community. Uh, Xbox Games with Gold. Uh, ooh, damn! You missed out. January fifteenth was the last day for Tekken uh, Six, which is not mm. the most recent one, but it was the so Xbox Three Sixty. Back in time, <laughs> you can go uh, and grab that. But uh, but either way, on you're getting a lot of stuff on Game Pass as well. That who knows that might even be available, or there might be uh like another Tekken game available on Game Pass or something. I'm speaking out of my ass here, but um, on Game Pass this month, you're getting uh GTA Five, Frostpunk, Sword Art Online, Fatal Bullet, Tekken Seven, Faster Than Light, Gree, Children of Morta, and A Plague Tale: Innocent. Jeez. So uh, so you get Tekken really Seven instead. But um, going back to Lastly, just finish out with Games of Gold. I just want to say that I just want to say that Microsoft really screwed up because they gave out Lego Star Wars uh, two, which was like the original trilogy, but they already previously gave out like Lego Star Wars the full collection, like the whole series already in a prior month. And it's like, well, you already gave us this before, but in this time they're giving out half of what they already gave you before. Um, also, oh, shout out, <laughs> yeah, shout out to uh, so Batman the Telltale series. I actually played that whole game all the way through from beginning to end. Um, it was very, it was very um, uh, captivating, I will say, as far as the performances, the Joker, mm-hmm. and what they did with Bruce Wayne, and it was really good. I liked it. It's a, it's, it's a. I'm not gonna say it's a must play. It's definitely a, a good uh, game to just chill at home if you want to just have a nice, like you know, Netflix and chill kind of mm-hmm. night. I know. I I feel that way about a lot of the the Telltale games. Um, I actually I know a lot of people didn't like the Game of Thrones one, but I actually enjoyed that one uh, quite a lot too. Um, cool. All right. All right. So, moving on to our uh, thoughts on games and what we're playing segment. Uh, I'm gonna make this really quick on my side. So I mostly continue to play Devil May Cry Five, and uh, I actually want to give a, a a shout out to. Damn, I gotta, I gotta get uh, this guy's name, but on Twitter, so who like totally uh, agreed with me on my, uh, on some of my criticism of the, uh, of the game. Um, but I, I actually ended up liking it a lot more once I got to the Dante's missions. So uh, the truth is that the game just feels a lot more. Like, you know, you, you, you uh, something that you mentioned last week, Louis, is you're like, oh, isn't Devil May Cry just supposed to be about the, like, the over-the-topness, like, moment-to-moment fun gameplay, right? Yeah, I remember just, that, like, the yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah, there's a lot more to that, of that, once you get to the, to the Dante's, uh, to, to Dante's part of the game. Um, so I'm definitely enjoying it a lot, a lot more now. I'm pretty close to finishing it. Uh, and, and the truth is, uh, I think I, I had a bit of a bad taste in my mouth, mostly because V is just not 
that fun to play as. And at that point that I was in the game last week, I was like, I was going through a lot of missions with him. Uh, and once you're past that part and you're, uh, and then you start playing as Dante and then it gets a lot better in my opinion at what it's trying to do. Uh, I still feel like there's not like that much there other than just, you know, like the moment to moment uh, gameplay and not much to think about after you turn it off. But um, I've definitely been enjoying it more. Cool. I'm glad that I, I'm glad that you uh, you finally got to Dante. Apparently, that sucks that you. I know it's like it sucks that they have uh, to hold him back to like so many hours into the game. Yeah, I know it, the game. The game is like the game has like 20 missions, and the first mission you play with them, I think, is mission nine, which is like it, you're already like you're already probably like 10 hours into the game or something. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, did you play? Yeah, uh, oh, uh, did you play something else, or you just want to? Uh, I was going to mention something else, but I actually think I'm going to just bring it up next week. Okay. Instead. All right, cool. Uh, so I just want to first start off by, um, you know, saying that I have not played uh, Jedi Fallen Order since last week, so I have no new updates on that. But I will say, mm-hmm. give a shout out to Jedi Fallen Order, because on Twitter, um, Ryan at Nocturnal underscore Norsk, uh, he said that he <laughs> was going to be uh, playing possibly uh, Jedi Fallen Order if, the, if it arrived uh, on the day he sent that tweet out. And I said, I replied to him saying that it was worth, that Fallen Order is worth. <laughs> and uh, I think he agreed with me on that. But also, uh, the game that I played this week, and I want to give a shout out to at uh, Dan Sabin. Uh, he was the reason why I played this game this week, because, because of his his mm-hmm. tweet. And that's why I'd say, I even said on the Twitter I was going to give him a shout out. So there, there's your shout out, uh, Daniel. <laughs> um so he said that he was going to play some Luigi's Mansions 3. And I'm like, I actually, I told him, I replied to him, I said, hey, I bought that game, but I, I never played it. So I corrected that mistake. Um, I liked it. I liked uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. It's, uh, it's, they, Nintendo, the people, the, who's the developer? Who's the developer that made uh, Luigi's Mansion 3? The one that made uh, Dark Moon. Damn it, I'm uh, having a brain fart right I, now. I, I, you, can, you can talk All about right. the game. All right. I'll, I'll pull it up. Okay. So the developers, they, they, love to animate next level games next level games okay yeah next level games they love to animate the hell out of everything everything is animated everything and like so there's animations for like luigi just walking around and kind of like like you know have this nervous look on his face when he opens a drawer when he gets shocked whenever the lightning hits and then Mm -hmm. he just like every little thing is just animated over the top and it's like and then they have I don't know. It's like a it's like a strength and a weakness in and of itself. But it's like everything is like they put so much tender love and care into it, and so they want you to see everything presented in the best mm-hmm. possible way. And so like there's a cutscene for everything. And so and I'm and I, I know I, I know some people can take that as a negative, but I actually take it as a positive. This is so it's so awesome. Uh, I played a uh, Dark Moon on the 3DS, which was the second Luigi's Mansion game a couple uh, years ago when it came out. I haven't played Luigi's Mansion three yet, but that was already one of my favorite things about that game too is that like there were there was a lot of like you could tell there was a lot of polish and uh, love put into like every little part of the game yeah you know? every little like, nuance cool yeah yeah and i think some people might be annoyed but me personally i'm like cheesing i'm like a little kid like just loving it i'm eating it up mm-hmm. and so like the game was just uh it, okay I played the first two hours, and the the two hours, it felt like I just barely finished the tutorial. Because, like, at the end of the two mm-hmm. hours, I finally got Guiji. I finally got the 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 the, the, um, the virtual boo, which is, like, the virtual boy. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just – and I barely got to, like, out of the first – out of the basement. So um, mm-hmm. I, I saw in the tweet, uh, I believe he said, like, the eighth floor was his favorite, but um, I'm nowhere near that. 
and mm -hmm. um yeah so i'm i'm very much like gobbling it up it's got a lot of interesting mechanics and uh um, it's got like little interesting awesome. puzzles that they got going on, a lot of exploration. I like, I think, I think the reason why it took me two hours to complete the tutorial was because like I was taking my sweet time, like opening mm -hmm. every drawer and like opening, finding, trying to find every secret. Cause they have like these secret gems that you can find that it's a puzzle mm -hmm. to get. That's like a separate side quest that you don't have to do, but I'm trying to be completionist and I'm like, I'm like vacuuming up every little, uh, like wall to wall, trying to get as much money as possible, like shake down all the gold coins and all the cash. Mm -hmm. Which again, it's a huge time waste. I mean, as far as like you know, uh, I'm pretty sure I could have progressed much faster in two hours, but I was just. Trying but it's to... satisfying, right? Yeah, yeah. I like. I think I got like three thousand dollars already, like in the bank, <laughs> because of how much money I've been shaking down from every couch and every cushion and everything. Like, yeah. I feel like Luigi's Mansion is just such a good like core mechanic game. You know, it's like it's it, it really shows how you can take like one or a couple mechanics and and just make them like very developed and very polished and make it fun with that you know like you don't need to have like a million different mechanics in your game and like all these like extra stuff and that extra ways to upgrade your character and granted you can't upgrade your character and we just mentioned too but like i just i just like the I, there's like a simplicity to it if that makes any sense yeah uh, the ghost busting really cool. and like the you know you know reeling mm -hmm. a man pressing against the analog stick and uh i think it's a new mechanic where you can slam the ghosts in this game and it's very satisfying um and you can even slam the ghosts into each other. So, like, another ghost mm -hmm. is trying to attack you, but you got one ghost on the ropes, and then when you finally got him, you can slam him into the other one, so that way he can't attack you anymore. Because they try to, like, they try to two-time, like, uh, they try to wing, uh, what's that word? I'm like, like, flank you. Yeah, they try to flank you. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's... Um, now, what's up? Luigi's Mansion 3 came out in 2019, mm -hmm. and so, so did Devil May Cry 5, by the way. <laughs> would you say would you say that that was one of your uh, favorite games of 2019? Because, segway! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wanted to do this last week, but we ran out of time, and, and honestly, we're already running a little long on this one, too, but I feel like we still have time to, uh, to cover this uh, on this one. All right. So for, first, just kind of like as a, um, as, as a disclaimer uh, for the audience, um this is uh obviously we did not play you know every game that came out in 2019 obviously we did not play uh potentially we we might have not uh, at least i i should speak for me i i did not play a lot of the big games um I, i'm sure i'll be going through them at some point i'll probably be going through a lot of them this year actually i usually do that um so we're gonna bring in some uh, we're gonna go up back and forth talking about some of the games that we thought were special or want to give shout outs to or, or impressions on uh from from 2019 but don't don't take that as like oh my god they uh they said this game but they didn't say that game they're crazy like how would they not think this was one of the best games well if we don't mention something it's probably because we didn't play it i probably bought it <laughs> <'Cause>... though <laughs> yeah, okay so lewis probably bought it i probably didn't even buy it uh so my shout outs are actually mostly gonna be to a uh, smaller stuff that you might not even heard about all right but anyway i'll, I'll let you uh i'll let you start lewis. all right i'm gonna give shout outs to resident evil 2 I played the mm -hmm. I played the first hour. I was I'm too scared to play the game. Even as a, as a child on the PS One, <laughs> I was too scared to play it. So I'm not gonna play it as an adult either. Uh, but I tried and I liked I liked what I saw. I'm not gonna I'll, I'll put it to you that way. So mm -hmm. thumbs up for me. Um, I played Apex Legends. Uh, this was wait we're gonna go back and forth. Oh yes, that's right. Okay, where, where are we? All right, All right, that's right. Yeah, your turn. Yeah. Unless I mean you can just take it away. Just like do the rest of the podcast by yourself. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I'm telling you right now. I'm not gonna have a whole lot to say. I'm pretty much gonna be blurbs if you want. I can just go real quick. Um, 
Sure. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's hear about your year. All right. Apex Legends. Uh, mm-hmm. Got it because it was free. It was a big EA game they were trying to promote, and it was like a it was like Fortnite but with its own flavor. Cool. Uh, All right. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I'm into fighting games. Um, I liked what they did with the mechanics. I'm glad that they uh, made X-rays or the, those those finishers like it, they brought they made them relevant uh, with the mechanics. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, I watched the story on YouTube. So. There you go. Uh, Mar- <laughs> Mario Maker 2. Uh, did Which, it- by the way, yeah. really quick, that's the watching the story what, about your comment of watching the story on YouTube. That's exactly what every game developer wants to hear about uh, <laughs> <laughs> about their game. Hey, but I, I bought it later on when it went on sale. So uh, mm. Mario Maker 2, uh, <laughs> you're really, you messed me up on that one. Uh, um, it wasn't as uh, impact culturally impactful, I felt like, as the first one, but it was still a good game in its mm-hmm. own right. I think they went uh, bigger, and and then in some ways they yeah. took some steps back. But either way, it's, it's still a good in its own, still a good game mm-hmm. in its own right. And I played a lot of levels and I had fun with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. I played the first two hours. It was it kind of felt boring. It was felt very repetitive, very uh, not very very mm-hmm. dungeon crawly, but in the wrong way. Um, I played it. I even played it with more, uh, like friends come over to play it together because it's apparently it's better than AI. Um, it still mm-hmm. was a bad game. I don't think it was that good. Um, and uh, last one is was um, I started playing my Luigi's Mansion. You got my, you already got my impressions on that. And then I played mm-hmm. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And then of course you mm-hmm. heard my impressions on that. So yeah, that's pretty much my year in 2019. So you didn't finish any uh, 2019 game. I mean, the closest you can say is I finished Mario Maker 2, if that, if that counts, because that's the oh, game yeah, that you t- can't really finish. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I have not. I, I, I think I have not really played any of these games. Actually, now that I that I'm thinking about it, I uh, I have Resident Evil 2. I I I'm looking forward to playing that one. Uh, though I'm not that into scary games either. I there are some that I like, like I really like Until Dawn um, on the PS4. That's like a really good Halloween game. It's a really good game to play with people around you too, because uh, it's it's very choice driven. So it's cool to have people be like, "Oh, do that," you know, and um, just kind of have it as more of a you know a group experience, even though it's a single player game. Yeah, um, I did anyway. I did that too. By the way, it was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna t- do my games now, and I'm I'm already gonna say that I'm gonna kind of cheat this, because <laughs> I, I similarly I also um, like you didn't finish a lot of games, I just didn't play a lot of 2019 games in general, but I played in 2019 I played this game called Catherine Full Body, which is actually that's why I said I'm cheating, uh, not just because the game's about cheating by the way, <laughs> but uh, it's a this is a remaster uh, off a I think 2009 game. Um, don't quote me on that. Um, but this was a, this was like a, kind of like a cult hit, I think on the PS3 and then, uh, they, they fully remastered it. And I, I felt like this should still kind of count because it's not a ground up remake like Resident Evil 2 was, uh, but they did change the game. They actually added a completely new character to the game and new like endings and they created different, like kind of like whole, like different story paths that you could go through. And I had never played the original Catherine game and the PS3, so this was my first um, experience with it. Uh, and I have to say, it is a really excellent game. And I think it's a game that probably not a lot, a lot of people played. It is kind of in that more, uh, I don't know, I feel like it does fall a little bit more under the radar, but that's also the reason why I wanted to give it a shout-out, because 
so so this is a game for to, to people that don't know this this is a game that follows the story of a character named vincent um he he's a guy who's been in a relationship with this girl named Catherine with a k um and uh they've been dating for a couple years and then they're figuring out next steps and should they get married should they have kids and things like that and he's going through all these like you know questions in his head and he feels insecure and and it's about kind of like his struggle with uh you know this this relationship and and then he happens to meet this other girl uh who just kind of comes in his life kind of mysteriously uh named Catherine as well but with a c with a c in the beginning uh that's, that's the first letter i mean Okay. And and then he starts having these nightmares. And and the gameplay of the game is that it alternates between like different types of gameplay and it's kind of cyclical in the way that it works because like you basically have like nights that you go through. Um and so every night uh Vincent like she, he experiences some kind of like story stuff with uh, with the Catherines and then he has uh he meets with his friends at a bar and then when you're in the bar you can like talk to people in the bar and and there's there's a lot of like dialogue and interacting and some uh, weird things happen sometimes and then at night he goes home and then he has these nightmares um where it's basically a puzzle game at that point you're trying to like push these blocks around and climb a mountain and it's a very like metaphorical game in some ways and it has like a very interesting story and it's just a game that's there like there's no game like it uh so i feel like it was a very cool experience to go through uh and i i i beat this game in like under a week and it's not that short of a game like it's not long but it's also not that short like it's over 10 hours and i just when i said beat it over a week it was more like i beat it in like basically a weekend because i started playing it and i couldn't stop and i don't typically do that uh so it's just a very very engaging i know i'm talking a lot more about this game than you did about (laughs) (laughs) than any one of my uh, games all yours together but uh it's just a very special game, so I wanted to give it a shout-out, and I know that it's cheating, but you should definitely check this out. Let's uh, let's stay on this. Mm-hmm. i got a couple of questions I want to ask you. So oh, yeah, I ahead. see that this game is developed by Atlas. I'm looking at some screenshots of the game. This game looks very anime as hell. So It's very anime, yes. <laughs> um, I'm look, this, is this like a – when I'm looking at these screenshots, this game seems more visual novel than a puzzle game. So you would uh you would have to look at like if you if, maybe if you write Catherine like puzzle segments then maybe you'd have a better idea of what it's like. So the game is kind of a mix where, um, when when Vincent's not sleeping, you're more or less playing a visual novel, but it's not a visual novel in the sense that you're just picking choices and you see like either still images or or cinematics. It's actually like there's there's cinematics and then there's scenes where you actually control your character and you can move around and talk to people. And it's almost like a little bit telltale like, uh, but, but with, uh, almost like smaller scope actually. Hmm. Um, so you kind of have like, at least in the bar segments, uh, you always have this kind of, um, telltale like gameplay uh where you go around and you talk to people and and you can you have a couple actions that you can do you can like you can use your phone and then you can like text like uh characters in the game and things like that there's a lot of interesting mechanics and then that's half the game and then the other half of the game are the puzzles which whenever he falls asleep he wakes up in this nightmare uh where he is at the bottom of a mountain and he has to climb the mountain and it's basically the mechanics of cubert if you played that, mm, okay, um, yeah. but I, I had actually never played Cubert, so <laughs> I just know that that's the thing that people say. Uh, but you're basically like pushing blocks around in, to find a way to climb it as like usually a monster or something is like climbing the mountain behind him. Uh, so that part of the game is very much like puzzle game. Uh, and then the rest of the game is very much like telltale slash visual novel. 
Okay. Sounds like a pretty good game. I mean, you know, Alice, I know Alice did what? Didn't they do Shin Megami Tensei and like other... other they're yeah. be, I don't know about Shin Megami Tensei, but they're the ones behind Persona. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. That, okay yeah. yeah, I got it wrong. Damn. And, and yeah. I feel I feel like this was kind of like a maybe like a side project or something for them. I don't know if this was like one of their major projects, hmm. but it's just like like I said, it's like there there's nothing like this game, and it has like a very engaging and interesting story, and it's a very mature game too, which is like I feel like a lot of games are mature in terms of like they're just violent, but this is like this actually has like a it's supposed to have like a story that makes you think, and it's about relationships, and it's about like a adulthood and things like that so it's like kind of interesting to play a game like that you know so themes um, metaphors awesome <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know so like it's there's not a lot of that out there so i definitely recommend um now i also played on my phone this game called what the golf this is a game that was included in uh, apple arcade uh, which is like apple's new thing i don't know if you follow that but it basically have like a little subscription and then you get all these games for free um, and uh, I played a couple of them. I played Sayonara Wild Hearts, which a lot of people were uh, uh, really into this year. Um, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was cool, but I didn't. it didn't resonate with me as much. But this game, Want the Golf, you got to play this game, Louis, because it's not a golf game. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, it's a go- the, the way they describe the game is that they say it's a golf game for people that don't like golf games. So it's a game that the best way I can – I don't want to spoil it, but basically it pretend like at first when you open it up, it pretends to be a golf game and then you start playing it and it turns into something else completely. It's totally nuts. It has a million different references to a million different games. Uh, it's just to be supposed to be this big joke, I guess, but it's also really fun to play. Um, so shout out to the mobile game, what the golf, like for reals, you gotta like check this out. Cause it's like really good. All right. What the golf. Um, I'm going to read this description, a silly physics based <laughs> golf parody where every golf course is a new surprising type of golf, some brilliant or hilarious others. So absurd. They will make you go. And then it's ellipses. I don't see the rest of the description. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the best way to describe is that like you never know what you're gonna get for every level. It's like it's golf like mechanics, but the game changes completely, yeah. and it pokes fun at other games. Mm. So I, I like I don't want to spoil it, but it's like because so it, it's just very special for the for the non mobile gamer people. Because if mobile gaming isn't gaming enough, you can catch it on you can you can get it on <laughs> Steam. So there you go. And Epic Game Store. Oh, Wait, cool. no, Epic yeah, Game Store. I didn't even know that. I know it's on Steam. It says it here, but. Um, uh, maybe on Epic Game Store from this link. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but there you go. All right, so go check that out. Um, uh, so what was probably my favorite game of 2019, and the one that I definitely played the most, was actually Tetris 99. Uh, I don't know if you play. Have you played that? I am a, too much of a bitch to play that game. I I'm oh. okay at Tetris, but I don't want to get like dem- like demoralized. <laughs> man that game is so good and it came out in the beginning of the year like at the right time and it was free for people that had the nintendo uh online thing and i had it and i picked it up and you know i'm not even like i think tetris is a great game it's probably like almost objectively one of the best games of all time i know it doesn't make a lot of sense to talk about games objectively but it's just like the, the mechanics are just so perfect right yeah. that it stood the test of time for so many years and this iteration of Tetris is just so good, so fun to play. I got totally hooked on it. And it's one of those things where, like, you start 
and you suck at it typically right unless you maybe have a lot of experience with tetris previously but i sucked at it but you just keep playing and then every once in a while you get like closer to the top and then you get really excited i'm like i have never gotten number one yet oh in God. fact i think that the highest position that i might have gotten was maybe like like number six or something but you need to understand <laughs> it's a it gets really hard like when you're when you're in the top like when you get to like the top 10 and then uh or not even top 10 when you're in like the top 30 the game gets really crazy do you do you know how it works yeah. uh Lewis? yeah i know uh you're basically like sending each other blocks like you're trying to attack people and send people you're mm -hmm. like you're you're trash and screw them over yep. yeah i know i I'm, I'm familiar with how the, the the mechanics works and that's why i don't want to play that game is because <laughs> i know like i can barely handle regular touches with no one attacking me but just throwing that mm. in there is just gonna like make me like oh no um and you never know what you're I'm, gonna get too because i, I do ahead. i do know that tetris in, in and of itself because i played it growing up and i still play it from time to time i know it's addicting thing and it, i know that it's you can get like you can become like put in a trance and that's one of the things that I like. And that's one of the things that I, I did see whenever Tetris came to the PSVR is that it's like it focuses in on that particular part of Tetris. It makes you want to go into a trance. It gives you the music that just gets you in the mood. And so mm -hmm. I think that like I can see I've actually seen on YouTube like some high level players play Tetris and consistently get number one. And the, the speed at which they move, the fit like Jesus, I can't. Yeah, I can't do I, that. Yeah. Once you get and I, I haven't I actually haven't played it in a in a couple months now, so I, I should definitely get back into it. But yeah, once you're getting towards the end and, and there's a limited number of people left, things get really crazy because it things speed up and um, you know sometimes you can be lucky and maybe nobody's targeting you because you can choose who you're targeting and there's there's a couple options for auto targeting, but every once in a while you're lucky and people are not targeting you, so you can basically just play, play Tetris more or less by yourself for a little bit. Uh, but then as soon as one of these top players that are in the top 10 decide to like target you, then it's really hard to stay, to stay afloat. Um, and like I said, you never know what you're going to get. Cause you know, I, I've had like great runs and then just like hit like replay to play again. And then had a terrible run because either like, like a mix of like bad luck or two, like made a bad decision at the beginning. And then this person who was really good was targeting me. And, uh, so don't get, you know, don't get demotivated. It's, uh, it's okay to uh, be bad at Tetris, and it's uh, you can get better at. It. <laughs> all right, yeah. I mean, I I definitely downloaded it because it was free to all the Nintendo Nintendo Switch Online users, and I'm glad that it got to support with all the the DLC pack updates with all the skins and all that cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see what else. I uh, I play this game named Baba Is You on the Switch. This is an indie game, and it's a uh, it's a very cool one too. Uh, this is like a 2D uh, pixel art, like top-down game where it's almost like a programming simulator in a sense because you control this character named Baba and you can like move around and move blocks around. And there's, I shouldn't say blocks, but you can move these objects around and there's words in the environment. And the way the game works is that the words determine the rules of the game and you are able to change the rules of the game by moving the words around. So maybe you got to get to uh, there's like a flag and that's your goal right so something's gonna say i think it says uh flag is win or like flag is goal or something along those lines so if you go to the flag so you need to get to the flag to win the, the level but maybe uh you can't reach the flag but maybe you're able to reach like there's these rocks in the environment and then if you can find the word rock and put it in, instead of flag then rock is win and then you can get to a rock and win the level so 
it's a puzzle game it's mostly about like just like like finding the rules of the level and then breaking them and figuring out how you want to like do the level instead uh and the more you play it the harder it gets and it's very like clever interesting uh uh game and i think it was made by a by by a small a small team if it it might even be one of those that was made by one person or something but uh definitely recommend that one too baba is you really good uh puzzle game it actually won some awards uh a while ago i think it came to the switch this year for the first time um seems interesting i was looking at it and it's it definitely looks very uh um game within a game kind of thing um yeah I'm, i'm digging it yeah it's it's pretty cool um now uh, I'm I'm gonna do a, like another cheat, and then this I'm gonna mention multiple games here, but I'm gonna say the the 2018 games or the yeah the 2018 games that I played in 2019. All right, because <laughs> uh, that's just what I do. But I played a Spider-Man for the first time in 2019, and that game is phenomenal. Yes. like everybody that has a PS4 should go and play that game. It it, it was uh, basically my first platinum, because uh, I just wanted to do everything in that game because I loved it so much. Um, I had a platinum from a Telltale game before, but I almost feel like that doesn't really count because <laughs> I just got it from beating the game. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> um, but yeah, Spider-Man's great. I played uh, Detroit Become Human. I also love awesome. that. Uh, really good stuff. I uh, I actually played Let's Go Pikachu this year. Uh, and uh, I think we talked about this last episode, so I, I won't say too much about it, but it was enjoyable. It was good. It was competent. I thought it was uh, better than I expected. Um, fun remake of the original Pokemon games. And uh, I I played a little bit of uh, Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I played a little bit of Red Dead 2. Um, both uh, very well-made games. They just didn't grab me enough for uh, to, to stick with them to the end. Um, especially Red Dead because it's so long. And I replayed for the third time in anticipation of the, the sequel, the original Last of Us last year. And I will tell you, that game still holds up really well. Nice. Yeah. And if you haven't yet, you should play it. And now for my final short shout-out, I want to I wanna mention a game that came out um, this year, or in 2019. And uh, I'm assuming a lot of you may not have heard about it, but uh, it's a game called The Lighthouse. And this game is available on Steam. It's a going-home-like, uh, sort of like thriller game. Um I, I don't want to call it a walking simulator because I feel like that sells it short because the game actually has like very uh, interesting mechanics. It's more like it's closer to like a horror game actually than a walking simulator, but it's also not like just straight up horror. It's like kind of somewhere in between. It's it's mystery. It's uh, not uh, like like trying to figure out the story and what's going on. And um, it has very interesting mechanics and uh, very good uh, spooky stuff as well. Uh, I played this on uh, PC. Uh, this game was kickstarted a couple years ago, and the uh, I think it's getting released in uh, three chapters. And two chapters came out uh, in 2019, and now we're, I'm awaiting the the final chapter to like complete the story. Um, but it's very cool, very cool game. Everybody should check it out. Also, I know the I know the developers of the game, and they're really great people. And this is kind of like their debut. Um, uh, they they had like a small like mobile game before, but this is kind of like their debut as like with like a big uh, like I shouldn't say big because it's still like you know like a an indie game, but like a kind of like a bigger scope um, game on PC. 
And if you like thriller games, if you like horror games, if you like Resident Evil, or if you play Going Home and you like that, uh, this is a really good game, and you should definitely check it out. All right. Nice show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Ooh. I'm just kidding. All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in some stuff here. I know you, you spoke for a really long time, so I'll give you, I'll give you a little break. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and um, finish out here because I actually managed to forget that I – and I already talked about it last week, but I'll – it again i actually did buy play and complete uh legend of zelda um link's awakening on the switch on the yeah. switch um so i'll go ahead and throw that in there um and it turns out um when nintendo sent the stats out to uh, my email with all my 2019 stats it was my second most played game of 2019 so on the switch mm-hmm. uh of course number one being smash ultimate um i played the hell out of that game and um i started uh, just to go into a little bit more of that, I started like maining like ten different other characters because I started expanding. Um, I was actually very happy that I was uh, that I was you know not just always doing Pikachu every single time every you know because <laughs> he's my main and uh, so now I, I developed my Inkling. I've developed uh, what else did I? Um, Incineroar. Just pretty much I was just experimenting, playing around with like Falco and Fox and all these other characters that I don't usually use. And so I'm pretty competent with almost uh, like a good 10, 15, 20 characters in the cast. Um, Not like every, I can use pretty much everyone pretty decently, but like just Mm -hmm. as far as like on a pretty good, like, like uh, expert-ish level skill, I'd say about 10, like 15, anywhere between 10 to 20 um, characters, which is a lot and an 80 character roster. So yeah uh, i uh yeah. i'm not great at smash i'm like i'm very okay at it but i enjoy playing with the sword fighters typically so i really <laughs> like playing as like ike and marth and lucina and all of those i know people uh, make fun of them <laughs> because there's a bunch of them um and uh, yeah, but although they are you know some of them are very different to play with yeah i also like playing uh pac-man quite a bit uh luigi can be pretty fun um what else yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that... Pac-Man is very one of the more harder, difficult, harder, uh, more difficult characters to play because if you want to play him at a on an expert level, he's he's hella complicated. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go through the the PlayStation? I um, uh, I I would have to find mine, but maybe I can I can. No, oh, I can. I have my I have, my, I have to... my uh, emails already here if you want. So you want to do you want to exchange stats and see what we did? Yeah, let's uh, let's do this. It's gonna be a little embarrassing for me, but. But let's try it. Did <laughs> embarrassing for me too because uh, I uh, I barely played as much as I I really wish I played more as uh, more than I uh, than I do. But you know whatever we'll see. That's, we're gonna change that. I mean we're you know we're uh, we're adults and we uh, have jobs uh, and we're we're really I I think we're a good representation of really like you know gaming as a hobby and and not as your job. So yeah. we. Uh, We'll play when we have time, and uh, we'll try to cover a bunch of stuff for you guys, especially now that we have the podcast. But Yeah, you know. of course. So I'm pretty sure these stats will change in 2020. So my Nintendo Switch, my most played games are Smash Ultimate, Link's Awakening, and also uh, not me, Minecraft. Uh, I guess my, my nephew must have signed into my account because I don't play Minecraft. <laughs> um, but I clear, apparently I clocked in 392 hours, which I'm pretty sure most of that, like majority of that was Smash. Uh, my most active day was July 26th, which I believe was the day of my tournament because that's all I did was play uh, Smash all mm-hmm. day that day for the tournament. Um, I played a total of 25 games. Again, that's just games I probably just played like a maybe 30 minutes to an hour of. Um, and that's uh, my most played, uh, my most hours I played in a single month 
was in September, which was 63, and that was the month that Link's Awakening came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's Nintendo. On the Nintendo side, yeah. I'm not going to go through all my uh, detailed stats, but uh, I the, my three most played games were uh, Tetris 99, number one, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, number two, and Smash Ultimate, number three. I, I wanted to give a shout-out to Smash Ultimate as well, and I, I kind of forgot about it because... You know, that game came out in December of 2018, but it really basically is a 2019 game, actually, when you think about, like, all the content packs that came out during the year and the fact that it was very much part of the conversation and um, had a, it was still making a big splash, I feel like, through, like, a good portion of the beginning of the year, especially. Uh, but, yeah, what a what a cool, like, you know, what a cool piece of uh, just gaming history. You know, what, what a cool collection of... Uh, like gaming like icons and 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 things like that i feel like even it's, it's like such a special game even even if you if you're not like a huge fan of uh the gameplay itself it's just so cool to have a package that has like so many characters and so many like representation of so many different franchises on it not just through the characters but through the stages through the music you know through everything through else. the spirits and so. the um the, the, yeah. the items and like the the trophies and everything yeah the assist trophies i i just it's really kind of funny how like i that game it's like it's like pretty much everything we've ever wanted but then we still want more <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so basically like my whole dream is that whenever whatever the nintendo switch successor is that they just basically like port smash ultimate since you know mm-hmm. uh we don't yeah, yeah. i feel like they, they're gonna have to like like my dream my dream uh situation is where like Instead of making a whole brand new Smash game with new mechanics and new characters, because they basically have to cut the roster down. Uh, yeah. So instead of doing that, you just port the game, but make it an enhanced port where not only do you port the game, but you add everything else. So you can add, you can add like break the targets, not break the targets, uh, board the platforms. Mm-hmm. You can add a subspace emissary too. You can oh, add. I I really yeah, miss that. Yeah. You know, a lot of I feel like a lot of people didn't like or make fun of Subspace Emissary, but I, I do think it was a really cool way to like go through the game and you know all the cutscenes were like yeah, really funny especially with and... a cast of eighty plus characters, you're gonna I would love to see like CGI cutscenes where they're interacting with each other. I feel yeah, like that's a, so I think that's cool. a missed opportunity where like Cloud and I don't know like Incineroar I know. <laughs> are just like you know teaming up or something for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, on my on the PlayStation side, um, my uh, my top games were uh, Marvel Spider Man number one, then The Last of Us Remastered, and then The Witcher Three Wild Hunt, which I I totally didn't give a shout out to, but I did talk a little bit about it last uh, last week. I played The Witcher Three for the first time this uh, this last year, and uh, I I only play it says here I played thirteen hours of it, um, and it was you know good. Um, I I like I said I feel like. It feels a little clunky to play it nowadays after uh, playing other more modern, uh, like third-person action adventure games, uh, like I don't know, like uh, Horizon and and the recent Assassin's Creeds, and I mean, I guess even like Spider-Man and God of War. Um, I know it's like a very different type of game than those that I'm comparing it to, but I just mean like, you know, going from like modern games to like playing The Witcher, I actually felt like it was like, you can tell that it, it, this is a slightly older game. Um, and I just feel like maybe the combat just and a couple other things just didn't click with me as much. I still played it for 13 hours, though. So there you go. Uh, there's that. But go ahead for your games. My PlayStation games. My number one game of PlayStation was Fortnite. That's 74 mm-hmm. hours, which is embarrassing. 
<laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I can see that being true, but also at the same time, like for me with the PS4, like uh, I would host LAN parties uh, for Fortnite, and I, I, I think I mentioned it briefly, but just to really give you that, like how hit, how hard I went with it, like I would call them Fortnite nights. Yeah, mm. uh, but honestly, I hate how people like shit on Fortnite just because it's like really big, because it is a good game you know like it's a very competently made game i think yeah so it was addicting i was i was addicted at one point so so Mm -hmm. yeah fortnite um number one uh, star wars jedi fallen order number two and then towerfall ascension number three aka the arrow game Uh, Mm -hmm. everyone everyone that i know in my my circle they call it the arrow game so yeah Uh, i actually never played towerfall oh my god you know that it's uh yeah. That is such a good game. Okay, you got, it's on the Switch. It's a, the Switch is the better version because the Switch has six-player games versus the PS4 mm-hmm. only has four-player. Um, How many people do you need to play with for it to be fun? Uh, four, I would say. Um, preferably four, mm-hmm. but two for sure. Uh, like if you had like mm-hmm. you and someone else, you can do the co-op, and the co-op in and of itself is fun. I don't think it's really fun to play one v one, but it's always funny. It's always great to do mm-hmm. four players because it's everyone's for themselves, like a free for all. That's like the best way of playing it. It's very energetic. Right. That's the thing. I don't get together with friends to play games anymore. At least not not that often. But I do play uh, I do play games with my fiance occasionally, and she does like to play uh, some games. Like she's a really big Kingdom Hearts fan. So I'm actually looking uh, for maybe like cool like co-op and or competitive games to play, just like one on one. Like I'm actually thinking that Luigi's Mansion Three might be one of those that I uh, that I pick up and try to do that with. Because I know it has a two player co-op, co-op mode. yeah. And yeah. uh, apparently, I cl- I clocked in 168 hours, which is less than my Nintendo Switch, and I got 10 trophies all year. And and uh, yeah, apparently, I downloaded every PS4 game or uh, PS Plus game. Mm-hmm. Dude, my uh, my PS4 thing actually says <laughs> that I I have 1,743 hours Jeez. of gameplay, but that makes no sense. Like for reals. Like I mean, I my number three most played game only has 13 hours on it. Mm. So. I have no idea where that's coming from. I wonder it. The only thing I can think of is that they must be either it's like time that I left the console on uh, that I shouldn't, or if they're counting like a your, Netflix your app, time or yeah, something. When you're on the app or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then unfortunately, Xbox did not make an email. So if they do send an email yeah. out later on, maybe next week, or I'll, I'll update that. But I can tell you right now that Xbox One has a, was a, is basically a glorified dust collector. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> uh cool yeah i don't i don't have an xbox although like i you know i've been considering getting one for a while i just I haven't pulled the trigger and at eh, this just point wait I for feel the like series x that, yeah yeah uh cool so before uh, as kind of like a wrap up to the segment i i just wanted to maybe uh give a shout out to a couple other big games of the year that uh perhaps we didn't play but you know i don't know maybe you have something to say about some of them but death stranding uh was one of the big games in 2019 as well i I played the uh, I played the first hour. Um, I didn't finish the tutorial mm-hmm. because I had to go, and then I never got back around to it because I I put all of my my uh, focus and energy to uh, Star Wars because mm-hmm. they came out so close to each other. Then uh, Control, uh, I think that got uh, IGN's Game of the Year. Uh, Disco Elysium. This is one of the kind of like smaller like uh, indie representation in uh, the Game of the Year talks this year uh untitled goose game came out this year which i actually played it uh for a bit but didn't click with me that that well either i mean it's, it's a really funny game but um i i personally didn't find it to be that fun of a game um when you actually get to play it it's really funny to just like watch videos of it online and see how much it became a meme on a hmm. um 
don't own the internet. Uh, then Outer Wilds and the Outer Worlds, well, both two two games, two very different games with similar names that came out in uh, 2019 as well. Uh, Days Gone. Um, then uh, you got games that uh, maybe did not live up to uh, people's uh, expectations that much, like uh, Anthem. <laughs> uh, let's see what else i want to give i was going to mention another one with anthem but i forgot <laughs> uh, i'll give a well if you can think about it i'll give a shout out here shout out to yoshi's crafted world um oh yeah I, um i didn't play the game but my nephew played the hell out of it and he i think he beat the game um so if he, if he did it and he's like he's like seven or eight years old however old he is he's eight uh since he's eight years old i mean if he can see a game through all the way through then you know it's got a seal of approval a seal of approval in there um shout out to concrete jenny um mm-hmm. haven't played it i bought the game uh but i want to play it it, it it's kind of funny I, I i like i like i like poo-pooed on vr but i want to play that game in vr um mm-hmm. and i will also give a shout out to ring fit Adven- uh, ring fit adventure you know, oh, yeah. I want to, I want to, you know, make that as part of my my workout routine, but I haven't integrated it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a, a couple uh, more mentions: uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, I won a Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Um, that's also a game that I know a lot of people are. are uh, I just want to throw a little shade, but, but, but why? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, you know, those games are not typically my kinds of game games either. But you know, some people uh, are are really into them. And then, uh, um, and I look at I'm looking at so much stuff at the same time, and then I keep missing the 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 the, the, the things that I want. Oh yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to playing that one because uh, I'm a really big fan of uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. I did not play the ones that they released. They released a couple ones after that. Uh, that I didn't get to, but it, I'm really excited to get to Three Houses. I actually think that might be my uh, my big uh, February game. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, 2019. 2019 in review. And, uh, yeah. Lots of lots of good games. I, I know a lot of people. It's like some people were kind of down on the on the on the year. I agree that it was not as probably as strong of a year for, for yeah. It's 2018, but you know there there was something for everybody. I'd say. I played and beat uh, the game of the year of 2018 in 2018. So, yeah. 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 Oh, you mean uh, God of yeah. War? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good one. All right. All let's right. do this. Sharing the love. <laughs> so, for uh, sharing the love is... Uh, for for the for the ones that don't know even though you can just go listen to the to the first episode maybe <laughs> but it, it's this it's the segment that uh that i came up with where we just get to uh come in and you know share a story or share uh our opinion or, or experiences relating to a, a game that we're uh that we we really love and we're really passionate about and uh lewis came in last week with a uh, link's awakening and gave us a very uh heartfelt story and i'm not gonna have uh i, I don't have like a the same level of a story, but I really want to talk about this game called Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, this is a game that came out, um, and uh, you, you can you can bring this yeah. on a uh, Wikipedia or something to uh, to help me yeah, out. It here, came out on the uh, PS3 Lewis, but... first, and then it got ported to the PS4. And I want to say it's on the Switch now, but I can be misremembering that. I, I believe it came. Yeah, it came out in 2013. And uh, it's been released in a variety of uh, different platforms. And I uh, didn't know anything about this game until I got it through uh, PlayStation Plus. Yeah, me too. And I have the game on PS Plus. I, yeah, did you ever play it? No. <laughs> okay. 
So if, that's fine. I, a lot of people have not I played know, it. I know the premise. That is, you play as two brothers, and each of them is an is a, one of them a left stick, and one's the right stick. I do know that. Mm-hmm. So I, I had this game on PlayStation Plus, and uh, I think... I, I think back when I got it, I was like PlayStation Plus was still kind of new for me. Like I had just like signed up for it like a couple months prior and was very excited about all the free games I was getting. Um, but I, I just happened. I was just installing them as I got them uh, on my place on my PlayStation. And I didn't know like I didn't know anything about this game. I didn't know anything about the developer that at the time didn't know like what was it about? What kind of game it was? I just like randomly one one time sat on my couch and like turned it on and I was uh, living with uh, I was living with my parents at the time, uh, and my mom saw me turning on the game and sitting on the couch. She came and she sat next to me. Now, typically, like my mom would be there for like ten minutes, maybe like distract me as I'm trying to play the game or something, and then leave. But she actually like got so like engrossed in like the story of the game that she actually sat there and saw me play through this game beginning to end for the next like three hours or so, however long the game is. It's not very long. Oh wow! I thought the um, game would have been longer, but okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's like it's supposed to be. It, I feel like it's almost supposed to be like a one seating type of game, one uh, almost like a journey or something like okay. that. Um. And, and, and she was there for like me playing through the whole game and like, she got involved and she was like talking about it and like helping me through some of like the, the puzzles and the things that I had to figure out in the game. But in summary, so the way this game works is it has a very unique control scheme. Uh, half of your, you control two characters at once. It's a one player game, but you control both the characters and the, uh, the right side of your controller controls one of the brothers while the left side of the controller controls the other brother. And you go through the story that's told with, uh, no like dialogue whatsoever, no like real dialogue whatsoever. Um, I don't even think there's anything like written in the game. It's like totally, it's all like just sounds and you make up the story just by like your interactions and like seeing what happens on screen. And I feel like it's such a special game in terms of like telling a narrative that can be understood, like no matter what language you speak, which that, that was something that was so cool about it too. Is that like my mom who didn't speak English and would normally not understand if I was playing like a game that was in English um with like or like with the english text or whatever could like totally understand and get engaged in like the whole story of this game um but the game is also very like uh emotional actually and there's something and it's it's kind of hard for me to talk about it without Spoilers. spoiling it yeah. as well um but I'll, I'll put it this way like this is one of the very few games that i played where at the end i was like if i wasn't crying i was like at least cheering up and like getting really close to crying and it's like this one seating like very engaging experience where they managed to get you to get really involved with the characters and like really feel for the characters i i, I don't i don't even know like it, it's even hard like to kind of like find the the right like like words to place it like without spoiling it but it's just like a very special game. It holds a very special place in my heart. So I wanted to make sure to, you know, give it a shout out. And it's also, I feel like it's criminally underplayed because I, I've, I've heard like very few people talk about this game, but every person that I meet who's played it and actually played through the whole thing is like, oh yeah, I love the game. I love that game. And I feel like more games could learn from this game in terms of how to tell a good narrative without relying on typical like narrative devices that are from like movies and books and things like that this is very much telling you a story in a way that a game is supposed to tell you a story and once again it's hard to talk about that without spoiling it but 
the controls of the game are the way that they are because that has an impact on the story and that has an impact on the way that you feel playing the game through the game. I don't know yeah. if that made any no, sense. No, I, I, I'm following but, you. Like I, uh, I, I stopped reading the plot while <laughs> while talk, while you were talking because you, I was getting into spoiler territory. So I was like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. stopping. I don't. I want to. You make me. You you make me want to play this game, and I'll probably I'll probably have a review next week if uh, it, if it's one sitting. So yeah, that's that's why I wanted to bring it up because I really want to get more people to like play this. Um, it's uh it's a game by joseph forrest who he uh he has a background in like making movies and he's really into you know like he wants to make different games and he wants to like kind of, almost like kind of challenge the status quo a little bit he's the guy who uh yelled like fuck the oscars yeah, at the i game remember awards. his name i saw when I, I saw his name i was like oh he's the yeah. guy that yeah at the game awards yeah yeah that guy he also made the game a way out um and and it's just like a it's just a very cool also unique game and I, but I'll tell you something part of the reason why a lot of people end up like there's a lot of people that end up starting this game and then dropping it within like 10 to 15 minutes because of the controls so controlling the two characters at the same time is almost like kind of like a puzzle in itself like it's very hard to get used to like there's a reason why I don't think there's I've seen any other game do that in the way that they did it um cuz you need to learn like you're so used to, to to using a PS like a PS3 controller or an Xbox controller in a certain way, like one stick controls the camera, one stick controls your character character kind of thing, and and you you almost like I guess playing the game is almost like riding with your left hand if you're right handed. That's kind of the feeling that you get when you start playing the game, and I know that probably like demotivates a lot of people from like playing, but I'll tell you that if you are able to like stick to it and learn and learn it it is like a little bit of a learning process then you will really enjoy uh what you get to with the game because the fact that the controls are challenging are actually part of what makes the game special and it wouldn't be as special if that if it wasn't like that and once again it's hard to talk about it without spoiling but it's really like the controls of the game tell the story of the game and that's why it's so cool and different um and your struggle with the controls through the game and getting better at them through the game as you like learn to like properly get the brothers to work together to achieve their goals is like that's really what it's about if that makes any sense okay. um, challenge accepted i'll throw the gauntlet down yeah. like i mean honestly like <laughs> um there's a there's a mini game on the wii u on nintendo land i don't know if you played nintendo land mm-hmm. but there is a, yes, there's the gamepad game where you're like the animal crossing one where you're yeah, the chasers, yeah. and you have to control each character with one stick on the other stick. So I'm, I'm already used to controlling two characters on the stick, but I don't I don't know if it's the same kind of thing. But it's it's kind of similar. Yeah. yeah, I can I I and I am really really good at that game. So um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll so you're probably gonna be fine. I'll, then. Probably, I'll take it on. Um, it, yeah. I looked at the uh, the the platforms it's released on, and it looks like three of the platforms are a terrible place to play this kind of game. Um, it released on Android, <laughs> iOS, and Windows Phone of all places. Um, yeah, I can't speak to the experience of playing mobile. it in those places. Yeah, like touchscreen, it doesn't. With the controller, yeah, is definitely great. Touchscreen probably wouldn't be a good idea, but there you go. Um, so PS3, it's pretty much every every platform under the sun except for the Wii U. PS3, PS4, 360, <laughs> Xbox One, Microsoft Windows Store, and Nintendo Switch. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So that's it. I love this game. Wish more people had played it. Wanted to give it a shout out. Um, Be- definitely uh, check it out. Uh, I looked at it multiplayer is switch exclusive so there you go oh you can play as each brother interesting i guess so okay. that's sharing so the joy I, kind of thing 
Yeah, it make, makes sense that they. I th- I think they. I think I remember the reading that they they did that, and I think I think it's because a lot of people had a criticism that they struggled with the control, so they were probably trying to reach like a well, kind of I mean, like, like a broader audience like with, by doing uh, that. With the Joy Cons coming apart, you can just give somebody one half of the Joy Con and then the other person the other half of the Joy Con, and there you go. You work together like that. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, that probably mm-hmm. makes more that sense, makes sense that way. But uh, to be completely honest, I almost feel like that kind of takes away a little bit from the experience because the thing that was really cool about the game, one of the things that was really cool about the game for me was to be like, oh man, fuck these controls and then slowly learn to do it and get better at it. And it just felt good when you, it felt good when you could actually achieve something. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, either which way I like the, I like the, I like your story. It's very heartfelt, uh, a very good, uh, yeah, mother, I tried. Son, <laughs> mother son moment. And I'm, I'm hyped for this game yeah. now. I am really hyped for this game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. So uh, it is time to end now. Uh, this has been a great episode. Another long episode. <laughs> uh, so hopefully we'll figure out how to, to keep this. I mean, I, I might actually throw another poll on Twitter to see if people even care. <laughs> you know, uh, what's what's uh, generally people's we preference made, in terms of length. Like... We made good time when it comes to the new segments. We were actually, we could have pulled off an hour if, if we, but I, we went we went ham on our topics though, our topics of the show. I, I know, I know. Um, I, I wanted to do, I wanted to do it justice. You know, I didn't want to do like a topic of the show in like 10 minutes, but um yeah so um thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready press play remember you can reach the podcast at readypressplay at gmail.com or simply at readypressplay on twitter i'm on twitter at the dan lima and lewis chocolate 88 yeah don't forget to subscribe give us a review tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff uh today i'm gonna leave you with a uh, remix of a pac-man song this is pac-man electro 2014 remix by the user uh, sbzees on youtube and we will see you next week bye bye